Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 25, and the topic for today is blogs and podcasts. came up with the focus topic for today from a number of requests from a number of you, the listeners of this podcast, that asked for my suggestions with regard to what kinds of blogs might be good to follow, as well as what other podcasts may be interesting, and also very specifically on what of these blogs and podcasts I may actually follow on a regular basis and may also suggest and recommend to you. So that's the focus for today. Let me start by giving you a little bit of a start with regard to some quotes and some facts off the top. And here's a quote by Rebecca Blood, who says, a weblog, which is the derivation of the term blog, is a coffeehouse conversation in text with references as required. And that's really how web blogs or blogs started out a number of years ago. And here's a quote that's actually a title of an article in Wired magazine by Paul Botin, who says, Twitter, Flickr, Facebook make blogs look so 2004. And we'll get into some more about that a little later. Jason Cottle says, The growth of Twitter versus blog. And he's got an article on this that I'll point you to. And his quote with regard to the growth of Twitter is crazy, insane, viral growth. Now, switching over to podcasting, the Pew Internet Project says that podcasting continues to grow by leaps and bounds, with the total audience for podcasts increasing by 58% in two years. Those that download podcasts every day has gone up 300% in the same time. And FeedBurner says that podcast circulation is consistently growing nearly 20% per month. So we have here then two topics, the blogs and podcasts that from the figures and the quotes that I just gave you suggest that these are absolutely growing with leaps and bounds. And as a result, there's some significant interest in hearing more about them and the way that you can use these kinds of technologies in your day-to-day life. And so I wanted to give you some suggestions and some recommendations with regard to how to approach these topics. And it's interesting that people talk about uh, blogs and have talked about blogs for a long time. And there's a really wide range of the kinds of things that really comprise a blog. It can be anything from you know, somebody just reporting on every day, you know, what all they did, um, the description of their vacation they just had. It could also be to an extent of talking about the particular uh, technical issues that they're talking about or political views. It can be quite, quite extensive and quite deep. But what's interesting, and the quote by Paul Boutin that appeared in Wired magazine, the article is all about 
or the essential uh, description or argument being made in the article says that while the blogs were uh, a promise of truly providing what's called the web 2.0 long tail effect meaning that anybody could write a blog and anybody's ideas could have significant impact or influence on a lot of other people that was really how blogs started out around in the early 2000s and a lot of people got into blogging at that time and the article in Wired really makes the argument that a lot of the blogosphere as it's called has now really been taken over by commercial interests and the traditional media has now really taken over the whole area of blogs and that if you were to do a query in Google some numbers of years ago on a particular topic or a particular, you know, blogger that may not actually be, you know, hugely popular or certainly not somebody that gets paid to do that work, you would have been able to find all kinds of amateur bloggers uh, and their ideas really being made available to the masses. But now when you do a search in Google, you're more likely to only get the top hits all being the professional bloggers and essentially the sort of the establishment of the traditional media really taking this whole space over. And what's interesting with regard to that is that at the same time as those kinds of activities are happening with blogs, there's been a phenomenon of Twitter that has also now just recently become rather in the news. But this is a an idea that I've talked about in the past too, and I'm sure you've heard something about. It's all about kind of what's called mini-blogging. So this is 140 characters of text-only input that you can provide in the little Twitter feed, and you can essentially do a mini-blog that's constrained to these 440 characters. And Paul Boutin, who wrote the article in Wired, actually makes the argument that it really focuses the mind and really focuses the attention with regard to the terseness of getting your ideas across to write in that short a space. And what's interesting is this whole format has been really, really popular. So Twitter is is just growing, and, and there's some debate of the actual numbers, but it's like a, a thousand percent over last year in terms of the use of Twitter. And so that's the, so the basic concept is still this 140 character sort of uh, delivery. But what's interesting about it is that it's not only that it's a more net, you know, sort of description, it's also got a mechanism built right into it with regard to actually being able to follow people's mini blogs and having other people follow you. So whereas the blog system really provides the capability of providing blogs anywhere, but if you wanted to follow blogs, you had to actually go and find them. And so, you know, a number of you wrote me saying, you know, which, what kind of blogs do you follow? I started off in the early days of blogging, also finding particular blogs that I would then go to every day, go to that web URL and, you know, read that blog. But now it's the case that uh, that's an awful lot of work. And what's interesting is there are a bunch of mechanisms, and I've talked about them here before too, using things like Google Reader is a way of really aggregating the content in all of the blogs so you can get more direct access to it. 
It's like making blogs go to your inbox. But what's interesting about Twitter, this 140 character kind of mini blog, is that built right into Twitter is the ability to follow other people and other services, as well as they being able to follow you. And you can also provide updates to Twitter from your cell phone, from your desktop, from their Twitter website. You can do it in a variety of different ways. You can also be notified of updates, you know, as well. It also links to Facebook and a bunch of other things, but we needn't worry about the details here. But I did want to point out that I too have been noticing, as the Wired article argues, that there has been really a trend from, you know, writing these uh, big, long, you know, uh, blogs and, and that that was really the center of the universe for a lot of new Web 2.0 kind of content on the internet to now being this real, you know, net-net uh, short mini-blog mechanism called uh, Twitter. So that's a trend, I think, that has really been happening over the last really only year, year and a half or so. And it's one that I think it's worth, you know, paying attention to as well. And I certainly rely now on Twitter as my primary source for any number of bits of information, whether it's the mini blog content itself, like what uh, certain people are actually writing about in their 140 characters, or very importantly, a pointer to the blog content that may well be somewhere else that's still written in a more traditional blog and much more deep treatment than you can write, obviously, in 140 characters. But the benefit here is that I follow certain people and certain services, and I get a point or two being able to focus on a particular topic that I think is interesting, and then I can read, read the more detailed blog at my leisure, but I don't have to go and find it. So the key now is some years ago, you had to go find all these blogs and go and spend the extra energy to get there and read them. And I think that what is happening currently is that the system is much more focused on getting you the content directly. So that's that's sort of the trends that have been happening. Uh, this growth in podcasting that I talked about, that trend is an interesting one as well. And I think it's even gonna be more pronounced yet with the next version of the iPhone or iPod Touch, the version 2.2 of the operating system is reported to include a, a direct automatic uh, update for podcasts that will allow you to directly download them rather than having to connect your iPhone or iPod Touch to iTunes to get updated directly from your computer. So you'll be able to do it directly through the devices themselves without even connecting to a computer. And I think that'll make getting updates of podcasts even that much more effective and efficient over time as well, and likely will grow the use of and interest in podcasts even further. So let's start off through the typical 10 list, and in this case, the top 10 lists that I'm going to provide you are really mostly some recommendations of things that I think you should do in this topic area now that we've talked about sort of what the trends are in this area. And my number one is a very typical one is understand topics that interest you. So rather than really digging into all this right off, I think it makes a lot of sense 
to first figure out what you want to use this for. So when you hear, you know, these trends for Twitter and these trends toward, you know, all this podcasting, you know, you could go, you know, wildly and everybody always talks about what these mechanisms are, but ultimately you only really want to use these things to do what you want to do with them. You want to get the information that you're interested in from them. And a lot of people don't really focus on that. They focus on sort of the technologies and the like rather than what you can get out of them, what you can use them for. And so what I'd like to focus on really is the content and how you can get the content that relates to your own interests. So I would start off and suggest you write down some topics that you think are ones that you are interested in. And whatever those may be, uh, there are three mechanisms I want to give you to explore trying to identify blogs, these mini blogs and podcasts to see how you can actually get the content that you desire on the topics that you've identified. So if you write down what those topics are, if you want to just look through the entire internet for blogs and elsewhere, you can use this new beta program out of Google called Google Alerts. This is what I use. You can go to Google Alerts and I'll include the link to it in the show notes. But what this is, is you can identify these keywords that you're interested in. Uh, it may, it, it can be any topics, whatever. You can provide a list of topics and then what Google Alerts will do, and you can also specify the amount of time that you want. You might want to get this daily. You might want to get this weekly. You might want to get it on, on a as, as available basis. But what this does is Google then, to this little Google Alerts mechanism, goes and looks for content that's related to that topic or that's those sets of topics that you have and will send you an email in, in the frequency that you specify and list with all the links, all the things that are related to what it is you're interested in. So if you're interested in, in my case, I have, for example, one of these set up for design, user experience design. That's the stuff that I do as my day job. And I then get on a weekly basis, all of the content that is related to those keywords directly in my Gmail inbox. I can then peruse those and look through those with the descriptions that are provided from uh, the actual uh, mailing I get. And then I can click on the links and actually read those blog posts or those articles or whatever it, it, it sends along. So it's a really interesting and very, very efficient way of getting essentially the content from the last week, let's say, that's all related to particular topics that you'd like to read. So that's a way that I would suggest of really getting to the blog content that I've talked about, as well as anything that's related to that that's available right across the entire internet. The other mechanism, if you're using Twitter, and again, I'll provide links to this, what I would suggest is, it's very hard to find this, but if you go onto the Twitter page on twitter.com and you sign up, and it's free to sign up for this, if you go to the bottom of the page, there's a very small link called search. If you go into search, get that search page up and search again on the topics that interest you. And when you get the results page, you're going to get a whole bunch of tweets, as they're called, or Twitter posts on topics that are related to the ones that you searched on. You can then read those, those posts, those tweets, and see if any of them are really hitting on topics that 
you really, in a way that you really value, that look useful, look interesting. And so if you come across some that really have an interesting perspective that interests you and also provide some links to other articles or uh, anything else that you could follow up with uh, more, you can then click to follow that particular person or news service or whatever might have the content that you desire. When you then follow them, now you're going to get their regular tweets or their their mini blog posts in Twitter that are directly in your kind of uh, inbox or the stream, the feed that you get of these mini blog posts. So then you'll be able to just look at those as they come through and you might then follow up and see the content that they're writing that might be interesting. You can also follow up with the links that they provide on things that are particularly interesting. And you also have the mechanism within Twitter to reply back to them directly too. So if you had some questions you wanted to follow up with, with regard to that or whatever, you can do that as well. Of course, you can also provide your own updates in Twitter. And I do that too. And I'll give you my uh, coordinates and all these things a little later in the podcast episode. But I tend to provide updates in this mini blog of Twitter, everything from what's going on in my own life, you know, what 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 uh, what I'm doing, as well as what I'm reading, what I thought was particularly tra- thought-provoking, as well as things that I think are worthy of following up on. Uh, and then, of course, I also give the updates of when I have a podcast uh, like this available. So, Shortly after I put this podcast up on the feed and into iTunes, I'll also indicate that in the Twitter uh, feed as well. So that's that's Twitter, and that, again, is a mechanism for identifying what might be appropriate. And the other way to do this as well is once you identify a number of people that you think are interesting, you can also see who they follow and what services they follow. So for example, if you go to my Twitter page, you'll also see who I follow. So I follow a number of people in the technology business. I also follow, you know, BBC, for example, because I think it's a really good news service. I use Google News. So you can see what kinds of things other people find useful and you can then click and follow them as well. You can always unfollow any people if you find that, you know, the stuff really wasn't as of, of as uh, much interest to you as you thought it made of it originally. But again, that's a mechanism for determining what kind of content you'd like to get, you know, sent directly to you. Uh, and that's both with Google Alerts that I described to you as well as Twitter. And the other thing you can do with regard to podcasts is, in the iTunes store, again, this is one of those things that not not lots of people are aware of. Everybody's pretty well aware of going into the iTunes store and looking at the categories on the left. So you can click on podcasts, and then you can look at the various categories of podcasts, and then there's even subcategories even below that, typically on the bottom part of the left navigator. You can do it that way. You can then look at the most popular podcasts, all that kind of thing. But you can again go into the search box. Once you're in iTunes, you can also go in there and identify again your topics that you identified earlier on that I suggested that you identify. Now you can search directly in there and you can look right across all of iTunes. You can also look at it specifically with regard to podcasts and see what podcasts may be available on the topic that interests you. And then, of course, you can also click on subscribe 
Uh, and you can also try it first. You can just try one or two episodes, listen to them if you think you like them, and then you can click on subscribe. And of course, if you subscribe to a podcast, it automatically you know, downloads those files when they're available directly to your iTunes and then directly to once you sync up to whatever device like an iPod or an iPhone that you use to listen to them. And I'll also suggest that you should all do that for things that you, for podcasts that you really are interested in, make sure you actually click on that subscribe link because then it makes it much more easy to be able to get all this stuff uh, on a regular basis as well. So those are the mechanisms for identifying what interests you, how you can get content from all the internet, how you can get the kinds of people and services that you might want to follow on Twitter, and also the kind of podcasts that you can find in iTunes. And I just should also mention, I think one or two of you had written to me saying that there's a problem sometimes with if podcasts are too short and then you'd have to stop, you know, while you're running and that kind of thing and have to switch over to another, you know, podcast. If you're not aware of the feature, you should also be aware of the fact that you can set up in iTunes the recently added playlist and you can play the recently added one. You can actually um, right click on it in the left hand uh, navigator in iTunes on recently added and change it to also include podcasts. I think by default, it doesn't include that. So you can actually make it exclusively podcasts. That's what I do because they're the ones that I add most frequently. So I play the most recently added podcasts continuously. So after I listen to one, it goes on to the most recently added one next. And so I don't ever need to have to stop and change what it is that I'm listening to. So let me go to uh, the, through a list of my recommended then the rest of the top 10 list is my recommendations with regard to podcasts. My number two is that TED Talks, and this is available in video as well as audio format. And these are regular talks, they're lectures that are really good. I really highly recommend this one where you can get pretty well any topic. You know, it's kind of heavier on the technology topics, but it really does cover the waterfront of types of topics. And so this is a one that I would highly recommend to really open your mind and get a deep treatment of some of the best topics and the most brilliant minds in talking about those topics that are available in podcast format. So that, that's one that I would really recommend. Number two or number three rather is TVO Big Ideas. This is a Canadian one that is somewhat similar to the TED Talks but still diff slightly different in the kinds of topics that are covered. But again I think the this one is again one that I would recommend as one to really get you thinking deeply about topics that you may never have thought about in that way previously and the format is such that it's a lecture so it's more in-depth so it's not just a quick 10 minute sort of summary these things I think typically run close to an hour and are really deep number four is uh, an American equivalent this this time it's called this American life which is a I think fascinating podcast that has different topics each time, but again, very deep treatment of a variety of topics that are uh, very, very, very uh, well done. And so I would I would suggest this one as being a podcast that I think is truly stellar. Uh, number five is the Harvard Business Idea Cast. And this is the kind of best of Harvard Business 
topics with regard to you know new ways of thinking about the most current issues with regard to business and again it's it's one of these ones that really get you thinking you know whether you really want to look at what's happening in the you know economy right now uh, you look at you know politics right now you know there are some really good thinkers again in the Harvard business idea cast number 6 is the economist and this is out of britain this is a basically a uh, an audio version of the uh, weekly newspaper the economist that basically provides the highlights that are in the newspaper for that week but it provides a really good perspective on world politics and uh, economics and trends Uh, just think it's really one that i would highly recommend as a way of staying informed on what is going on in the world from a really well done, sort of insightful uh, perspective. Number seven is Stuff You Should Know. And this is one that is done by two guys that are part of the Stuff You Should Know, you know, website work as well. So one of them will have written an article on a particular topic, and then they discuss that topic in a really, you know, kind of comfortable and witty uh, way. And it's, again, one that, you know, uh, whether you're wanting to know about mortgage-backed securities, uh, whether you want to know how the mechanisms work in terms of how uh, elections are run, or if you want to know uh, about, well, any topic that they, they have a really wide range of, of topics that uh, I, and they just deal, deal with it in a really thought-provoking but yet entertaining, you know, way. So stuff you should know is number seven. Number eight is Grammar Girl. And this is, uh, this is one, uh, Mignon Fogarty is the one that runs this, and it's hugely successful. This is a, about an eight-minute podcast once a week that provides insight and advice with regard to very common uh, grammar problems. You know, I guarantee you that if you do any amount of writing, and I'm sure many of you do, you on a regular basis have certain questions that really got to bother you. You know, what is really the correct way to handle this? Well, this is the podcast for you because it deals with all of those topics on a regular basis. So almost every issue of this or the episode of that podcast series provides you with some very interesting and very practical solutions to common grammar problems. Number nine is skepticality. And skepticality is, again, something that broadens your thinking, makes you become really careful in your analysis of everything you see and read. And this whole group uh, that is on this skepticality podcast, again, in a very entertaining fashion, really tackle any number of of topics that require a skeptical mind in order to really determine, you know, what those topics are all about. Number 10 is This Week in Tech, or TWIT for short, and there's a whole series of TWIT podcasts that are all hosted by Leo Laporte, and Leo Laporte is you know, the father of technology podcasting, and he has virtually any topic in technology, everything from open source to the Mac to the 
uh, Windows systems uh, to even a parenting-related uh, technology kind of podcasts uh, available in his Twit sort of network. But I would suggest for many of you, you may not be heavily into technology. And so I'd suggest one of his podcasts that's really for the general audience is actually a radio show that he does, a two-hour radio show once a week that is also converted into a podcast. And that's called The Tech Guy. And that also is uh, one that I would suggest as one where he basically just answers a lot of questions. He starts it off by talking about trends the, pre- the previous week in terms of what's happened in technology, and then also uh, goes into basically a series of call-in questions that people have about anything with a chip in it. So whether it's cameras, whether it's uh, computers, whether it's cell phones, etc. So you may well have similar problems to the people that are calling in. And so the answers may we well also be directly relevant to your life in terms of any technology problems you may encounter. So all of these podcasts are available in uh, iTunes and you can easily just search for them by name, but I'll also provide some links in the show notes for this podcast. And the uh, show notes, of course, are available at lifehabits.net. And I also wanted to let you know that I have a blog. Uh, if you would like to go directly to it or would like to just see if other people refer to it. But my, um, my blog is my name, carlvradenberg.com. And I, on every few weeks, actually provide an update in that blog with regard to things that I find are interesting over the last while. You can also find me on Twitter as Carl Vradenberg, one word again. And you can follow me there if you would like. And if you want to look for, I have two podcasts in iTunes. The other one is UX Design Cast. And so if you just search for Carl Vradenberg in iTunes, you see both this Life Habits podcast and the uh, UX Design Cast one as well. So before we finish up, I just wanted to also read some more feedback that we received with regard to this Life Habits uh, podcast series and what value it may be providing. I did get this piece of feedback. Hi, Carl. This is Julie, and I'm a facilitator for training programs in IBM India. It's kind of interesting. The reason why I wanted to read this as well is that uh, I've often referred to in the past that this podcast goes out to people right across the world. And while it's, uh, it's, it's quite popular in North America, it's also very popular all over the world. And so this is some feedback from somebody in India. She says, I wanted to tell you how much I appreciate your work. I listened to your recording from the media library at W3 on time management. And this podcast, while being in iTunes, it's also Uh, aggregated and made available through a number of other mechanisms in terms of the feeds to it. And one of the other feeds that's made available is within individual companies. And so IBM has a media library uh, on the W3 or intranet system that includes this podcast as well. And so uh, Julie here is referring to having listened to Time Management uh, some number of episodes ago, and that uh, she says, well, I found it very informative and spontaneous, so that really helped. So thanks so much, Julie, for that feedback, and I'd like to encourage all of you to provide additional feedback as well, any other suggestions too for topics that you may want to have addressed. 
in this overall series. And uh, today's session, obviously, was an example of one of those where I really went through uh, a response to requests from a number of listeners with regard to the topic of blogs and podcasts. So that's the topic for this particular episode. I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to talk to you all again next time very soon. And bye for now.